0: Tell me a little bit about how you became interested in cultural anthropology and religious studies. I I
1: would say that it was always an interest. You know, when I first graduated high school, it was something that I was um, intrigued and in pursuing from, from the perspective of, of, you know, digging into the past with anthropology and understanding the present. And uh, my dad wanted me to go into business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you going to do with that? You know, I just, when I went to school when I was 18, 19, it just wasn't resonating with me, you know, going to school for business. Uh, So fast forward, I took um, some time away from school, was married, uh, had children, and just couldn't shake the fact that I wanted a degree in anthropology. So I decided to go back to school when I was 30 uh, and... I mean, that first class, that intro to anthropology, solidified for me that I had a desire to return back to school. There's a mindset that when you go back to school in your 30s, even, you're supposed to try and find a career that's going to provide, you know, financial security. And I was like, no, I want to understand. I want to know. I want to ask these questions. Okay, so, you know, we've asked the question. Now, what do we do with it? Right? Right. How do we positively impact the world based on the knowledge that we gain?
0: This is What Are You Going to Do With That? A podcast where we explore everyday folks' decisions to study the humanities as undergraduates and their pathways to fulfilling careers. I'm Scott Muir of the National Humanities Alliance an organization dedicated to promoting the value of the humanities on campuses and in communities. In this episode, we meet Lauren McCraney, founder of Woven Women Collective, which seeks to provide economic empowerment to women through artisanal textiles. In the previous clip, we heard Lauren reflect on her decision to return to college and pursue her interests in the humanities. This decision would prove to be pivotal for her life and many others. Lauren's experiences in the humanities at Florida Southwestern State College and Florida Gulf Coast University cultivated the passions and skills that drive her work today. That sense of purpose has created a social enterprise that is improving the lives of women in Guatemala while preserving their cultural traditions. Let's return to her story now.
1: I went to the community college here, um, southwestern Florida. Uh, at the time, it was Edison. Signed up for classes. My first class was an anthropology class. Uh, the professor at the time, her name's Dr. Carol Brown, and she just, she just lit me up. It was beginning to answer these questions that I had in a, you know, uh. A concise and, you know, methodical way that resonated with me. You know, that I enjoyed methods and theory, and um, uh, the component of philosophy that's tied into it. And it was my saving grace, right? I was, I, you know, it was my time outside of being a mom um, that allowed me to explore who I was at that point in my life as well, right? But I was, you know, uh, a mom with with two very active children and returning to school and working and you know up in the middle of the night uh, writing my papers, taking tests in the morning after I dropped the kids off for school I mean I was fortunate I think with being a non-traditional student I I you know really bonded with uh, actually professors from the humanities department there at uh, Florida Southwestern and I really to this day they're they're dear friends and and I hold them close to my heart because they, they really you know fostered and encouraged my desire to pursue the questions that I had you know in within that perspective of humanities
0: that's awesome, so tell me how your interests evolved after you transferred to Florida Gulf Coast University
1: at FTCU I was uh, taking a variety of basically any course that I could take to try and understand uh a different perspective um you know, from from a religious uh, ideology, uh, philosophy. The major is is cultural anthropology, and the minors were museum studies and religious studies. And then, and I focused on marketing, you know, um, and communications as well. I was in the midst of every single class was you know going towards this passion that I had started to develop over the past couple of years of returning back to school. I kind of have switched my my focus of religious studies on, you know, looking at the story of the culture um, through through the language of textiles. like that that somehow made a switch for me um, and wanting to look at revitalization and preservation of of culture that tells the story of that culture from from a cosmology perspective. And I guess that's kind of then how I started to navigate my way into trying to learn and understand textiles, right? They they have preserved traditional ways of doing things in Africa, in Asia, in Europe. um, Very similar methods just done with, you know, the different resources and the different, you know, cultural symbolism within those different, you know, regions of the world, uh, and and gaining an appreciation for that. Somebody could look at the exact same thing, and depending on the culture that they're coming from, see something completely different. I've been um, building tools that have have really been necessary tools, uh, and the work that I'm doing now, and you know, the work that I'm looking to do in the future, and um, is to to preserve the stories of the past in order to understand the story of the future, right?
0: While Lauren completed her degree, she looked for opportunities to pursue her emerging passions while improving the lives of others in her community. For a class project, she and her classmates produced a film about the Coalition of Immokalee Workers, an organization advocating for the rights of migrant farm workers. This led to another project that culminated in a museum exhibit on the same subject. As Lauren learned more about the abuses suffered by vulnerable migrants, Lauren began volunteering with organizations seeking to address them. Her volunteer work with a small nonprofit supporting victims of human trafficking soon led to a full-time job. By combining the knowledge and skills acquired in the classroom with her previous work experience, Lauren rapidly rose to lead the organization as its executive director. Let's return to her story now.
1: I I got really involved in working um, as a volunteer with, with many different nonprofits and, you know, uh, was working on domestic violence, uh, uh, human trafficking, um, social justice issues, clearly were things that I was uh, very passionate about. And... Uh, Found my way transitioned into a position uh, in in anti trafficking work that uh, you know I became the director of of an anti trafficking organization where we were uh, our program I, I I ended up creating a trauma informed curriculum uh, educating about human trafficking through art so I would go into at risk. Home centers, foster care centers, um, Department of uh, Juvenile Justice, uh, schools as well. I mean, anywhere I could, I, I could go in and give a presentation, I was going in and giving a presentation. And, uh, and then we would exhibit the art and the community. So whether it be, you know, a very well-known uh, gallery in Naples or, you know, a Starbucks, anywhere that I had an opportunity to create an exhibition... Uh, that allowed people to learn the story from the artists who were telling it, which majority of them were, um, you know, anti-trafficking um, or former trafficking victims. Uh, yeah, uh, and and uh, and the power of of allowing the assimilation of the information for those mostly children, right and um you know there they're more than once there are situations where you watch the light go on in the child's eyes as they are making that piece of art recognizing oh you know this is this is me um and then asking for help because of it you know a, a topic like human trafficking is very hard for people to grasp and so, being able to use art in a way that made it approachable uh, for people, even even though the art sometimes was very dark, um, it it but it created a layer, I guess, that allowed people to walk up to it and approach it and be able to have a conversation about it. Um, and and that's why I, I love the Art program. It's having them walk up to the painting and look at it instead of looking away from it.
0: Well, yeah, that sounds like amazing work. So you, so you became the director of this incredible project, like, and that was like the first thing you did kind of after you stopped being a full-time student?
1: It, it was. I it was very, I, I was, uh, I transitioned from program, from volunteer to program coordinator to executive director. In a very short sequence of time wearing all the hats that a director of small nonprofits wears. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So tell me how you decided to shift from the nonprofit anti-trafficking work you were doing in Florida to building a social enterprise of women's co-ops in Guatemala.
1: You know, I've was doing anti-trafficking work. I, you know, I, I was uh, director of a foster care home for Young Bombs after I was no longer director doing the outreach program. And I really want to be able to go to the source. I was responding to it here, and what I was doing was powerful um, and life-changing, but I want to be able to respond to it at the source. And what I realized was,, um, you know, I was talking, I was dealing with these children, right these teenage girls who were being abused and had small babies at age 11. and you know, I mean really, really dark stuff. and and their moms were sending them here for a better life, right. Uh, So you can't be angry at the mom. The mom's trying to do right by her child, but she doesn't understand that maybe what happened to her in her life wasn't okay, right? Because it's just accepted with woven women, uh, with with the business and that the social enterprise that I'm working on building right now. It's preservation of textiles, right? It's it's being able to tell the the story of the culture and and preserve the textiles but you know the thing that the reason why it's woven women collective is looking at these these cooperatives as beacons that you can take what was always the women's language before women were allowed to read write like we have been preserving that language of textiles around the world right and it's using that power of textiles to provide them trauma informed care to provide them awareness of domestic violence and that's how i think i'll be able to make an impact on human trafficking is going to that source and healing it right from the seed Um, And that's, that's the example of what I see outside of the box that other people maybe don't necessarily see. Um, That is, is because of, you know, the anthropologists in me. And people are like, why is it Woven Women a nonprofit? And, and, I think that there's good that you can do with business, you know? We are human beings, we like material things. I mean, I'm an anthropologist who who's worked in museums and archives and collections. Like I look at material things. <laughs> it's beauty. I mean, we we identify a symbolism to a rock, right? And and it and there's meaning behind it. So we're always going to want things and but there's there's no reason why we can't you know invest in impact purchase you know I I've I've started to work on on some products uh which is a huge step for me that we're we're starting to purchase some products and we're starting to build the branding around it we're starting to um you know ethically source some products from from a woman's co-op there in Guatemala uh and you know it, the 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 sales of these products will be going back, not just from, from an ethically source and, you know, fair wage pay, um, but, but programming will be going back into those communities as well through, through the sales of these products. Uh, you know, and we're working. I don't need to recreate the wheel. There are amazing organizations, you know, doing really, really great work. And they need more support and so uh woven women is support is support for the women's co-ops but also support for organizations that are doing reproductive health education and um and domestic violence education and um we'll just we'll, we're gonna help give them that little boost that they need because because they're the ones on the ground you know doing the work and working and working with um, you know, there's a great textile museum there in Guatemala City. So also that, that cultural preservation component that I'm so passionate about, at the core of who I am, I, I got to know that I'm not just doing some social justice work and selling beautiful products, but um, but I'm preserving, you know, the the history as well. There's got to be a way to to not let that, you know, Go by the wayside, you know, and 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 really recognize these women as artists. You know, these are artists. Like when I'm like asking um, this the one um, particular woman, I'm like, how how do you know where to put the threads? Like when you're creating a pattern, and she's like, I just know. You know, I I, I I've been doing this since I was nine years old. it's a good reflection for me with you asking me to do this for me to understand just how far I've come, um, you know, uh, from being that moment where I decided to, uh, return back to school to then being on, on this podcast with you. And, um, it really gives me, it, it gives me hope, uh, and, and excitement that, you know, like, uh, if I could do that then and be here now that you know um in, in another 10 years what when I hope to accomplish with woven women like I'm going to do it you know for sure the the research papers that I wrote and the the data collection you know um and theories and methods that I learned as an anthropologist when it came to writing grants uh it's it's still to this day is you know it's is an asset you know um because you have to be able to build measurable outcomes right so you can create a story but how are you going to collect data that it's something i'm always thinking about is how can i measure the impact that i'm making uh, and i know that, that that's from my my education yeah uh to think outside the box you got to see what other people don't see that that and that and that's the researcher in me, right? That's that's the participant observation. I could have gone to Guatemala, and visited, it and just bought textiles and sold it, and said, "Hey, you know, I'm doing good in the world. Uh, don't you want to buy buy these products?" And instead, like I am, I'm immersing myself as heavily as I possibly can right now, so that I can ask those hard questions so that when I implement this going forward, I know I've done my due diligence and I've put policies and procedures in place that ensure it's it's not just ethically sourced, it's environmentally sourced, um, and and it's actually, I can measure the impact that I'm making in the communities that I'm working in. I mean, I think that, you know, curiosity is a big part of it uh and somebody asked me recently, like, what's what one word to describe myself? And I would say a learner, you know, that that even with the knowledge that I, I gain, um, there's always more to learn and to understand. And I think that that's kind of the approach that I have when I meet people. Um, And when I travel to new places is making sure that I put my ego away uh, and, and meet somebody from that perspective of, you know, tell me, you know, let me learn about you and let me learn about your culture. There's always more layers to pull back. Yeah, there's always more layers. Like, I can accept things for what they are in front of me, but I know that there's there's always more to ask and more to learn, right? Yeah. Well, I know a lot more about fair trade than I did because I've been working in it, you know? Like, how how much do you really want to look to know the truth? And for me, like, I got to know. <laughs> I gotta know the truth I gotta know that what I'm sourcing and how I'm doing it is is you know really truly making an impact to make sure that you know you're you're answering answering yourself in, in a in an ethical way and truly you know helping change the dynamics of of the world that they're living in so I guess that's where my communications is coming in right i I'm, I'm, I'm working on on building that story now, uh, the branding story for Woven Women's, and, and and having policies and procedures in place. Right, I'm constantly refining it, and I think that that's the thing is is to be humble and to be honest to say, man, I am trying, and you know this is this is what I learned, and this is how I'm going to make measurable outcomes because of what I learned to try and, and do better going forward.